The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Joey, do you feel like creating passive income gives you more security or is it solving more of your thought on time, like getting more of your time back? I, to me, I feel like it's definitely more time related because security for me has always been, man, I'm going to, I'm going to look to the Lord. He has always taken care of me. I mean, even whenever I walked away from a job <laughs> from making $300,000 to go into zero, I just knew inherently he's going to take care of me. It's going to work out, but you're going to be that, that guy. You're going to be that guy for me today, right? You're going to be like, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. But Russ, you're not trusting in the Lord enough. No, that's not what I mean. I, that's just how I'm coming at this. But the thing I could, I always struggled with was always spending too much time in an active income. And I just, if I knew that that passive income was coming in, that's what would give me the, essentially the license to say, I'm going to, I'm going to mark off so much of my calendar so that I can spend more time with my family. What about you? I, well, I mean, of course, that's a great answer. I love it. And But just because who I am, I can't agree with you. I have to go on the other side. It wouldn't have mattered. I don't think which one you chose. I probably would have gone with the other one. But I, I our business is growing exponentially. And the message obviously is resonating. And I, I feel really good about where we are. but the world is so turbulent. Yeah. It's hard not to feel some level of uncertainty, I believe. I mean, I just think we don't know as much as we want to know. And, and yes, I, I should be laying this at the Lord's feet constantly. And I hold on to this, but my control nature struggles, as you know, with that. And I, I feel like the passive income stream is that security blanket. It's just that additional confidence builder that maybe allows me to go out and create more and not, you know, not even necessarily worry about what if, you know, something that we build fails because I've got something else to back it up. Well, and your brain is so driven and naturally just creative to like think of new ideas. Um, We've already said this on the show so many times, but it's, it really having this passive income allows you the freedom to think and not to get just in pigeonholed into the task and the monotony that go along with running a business. So I, I mean, I get what you're saying and I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Like passive income ultimately puts you in the position of options. We've said that a million times. And for me, it is the here and now is, is constantly slipping through my hands, the sand, you know, I'm not going to do a days of our lives here uh, reference, <laughs> but, you know, like sand in the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. It's just slipping through your hands. So how do you hold on to it? 
you got to make the most of it today. And so when my daughters come run in the office over here and I'm, I'm in the middle of something, I want the freedom to be able to say, let's go do something. You know, let's not right. just keep separate. And, and so anyways, that, that's what I'm, I'm thinking about this whole thing. And to be able to report on this every month for me, Russ is, is just providing that accountability that we are living what we say that we want to live, not in, in, in addition to the numbers every month. Well, okay. I would challenge that, that point. Cause we're not, we're not in this report. We're not showing, I don't think the time that we're gaining back or the security that we're gaining. I do think we're reporting on the passive income, which just give us those two. So I, maybe I'd be challenging to us to say that if that's the case, then let's start reporting on that. I don't know if you can, me you can measure time to some degree. I think your measurement of time and mine may be different, right? I think you measure time as we've talked about this, you know, off camera is less time working in the day. Mine typically is more vacation time, right? I think more time like where I feel confident just to peel away and go to the beach, go to the mountains, go, you know, on a trip with the family to the lake, whatever it is without concern that the business needs me. So no matter where, wherever you are in this, as you're listening to this driving down the road, I, I challenge you to ask yourself, like, what would passive income do for you? Would it give you more peace of mind toward the time that you could gain back and what you would do at that time? Or would it just give you more peace of mind toward feeling more confident and more financially secure? And either way is right, but do you have that? And each month, Joey and I share this, we report on it because we know that it helps us grow toward our goals, but hopefully it gives you insight and gives you inspiration and motivation for you to do the same thing. So I hope you enjoy another episode of our Passive Income Report. This is for the month of October 2021. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, Russ, we're, we're live. Let's talk about passive income, my friend. Well, passive income means that you and I, at some point in time, can enjoy what a normal week in your life looks like. I guess this is where I get a chance to <laughs> envision what it's like to live like Joey Murray. How did, how did I know? How did I know I was going to get some grief on the show? Well, because that's what it's for. That's, hey, that's what it's my job is. About, hey, it's about reducing requirements on your time. Mm. Can you write that down? Well, Reducing requirements on your time. So we, we have stayed above a hundred thousand in total income streams from all those number of businesses that have nothing to do with wealth without wall street going back to April of 2021. And we kept that trend alive. Um, we actually, 
Um, went over 123,000 of gross income. I'm pretty excited about that number. Uh, I'd say that's pretty amazing. I'm strong to the, quite the strong. Lord is, like, the Lord is blessing us, bro. This is amazing. Um, so let's let's jump into the land business. One of the the businesses that actually we we're recently making a kind of a new investment in extension to that business. Last month, it brought in a little over thirteen thousand, almost fourteen thousand in revenue. After expenses, we netted just under ten thousand. Uh, that was up almost eleven percent over the over the previous month. It's but, it's tracking the way I think it should be tracking, right? Well, but but here's the thing: I don't. If you're joining us for the first time on this passive income report, calling it a land business is a little misleading, right? What we're doing is we're trading land for note income. What do I mean? Uh, you're buying a piece of land for 25 cents on the dollar. You're turning around and selling it to someone else on terms. Like essentially imagine a car payment that someone is paying you for that property and you're getting that monthly every month for, let's say it's five, six, eight. We even have some properties now at 10 years where someone is paying us for that property. And so essentially we have been trading these these land parcels for upwards of now almost $10,000 a month in passive income. This is all stuff we learned from The Land Geek, right? TheLandGeek.com. If you haven't checked them out, I want to just kind of give them a plug here. They can teach you how to do the same exact thing. And we have tons of people in our community who are pursuing financial freedom by creating a side hustle with this business and then subsequently removing themselves from it to make it passive. So this is your opportunity as well, but it's one of our favorite things that we do. And uh, man, they're not making any more of it. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, they're, they're not making any, any more of it. And if you want to hear about this, you can go to our uh, podcast. You can just uh, look for why land flipping is a viable option for building wealth and generating passive income with Mark Podolsky. We did that interview, Joey, over two years ago, September 12th of 2019 was when you and I really got super excited after that interview. Yeah. And we've done many interviews since then. Uh, one of the latest interviews we did uh, was with one of the, our, our students, one of the, the coaching clients within Wealth Without Wall Street. He did, um, he shared with us how to earn 15K a month in land flipping with Sid Christensen. So either one of those super podcasts, exciting. if you are interested in ways to build passive income, you're someone who doesn't mind dealing with people, you you have a bent toward being able to influence and communicate well. That's what I think is needed in this business. It's it, Yes, it, it requires details, but more so it's the ability to help people um, understand the opportunity that exists for them to get rid of the land as well as opportunity that is out there for them to be able to purchase it. If those are things that you're interested in, you're Maybe you're dealing with a situation. I was sharing this exact situation, Joy. I have a uh, a, a couple that I, I've known for I don't know, maybe ten years, eleven years now, and they're they're facing um, a really tough situation. Where their their family is going through just like everybody is this pandemic, and the job market is is you know requiring certain things of people. And to be honest, this family says, "Hey, you know, we we feel like." that that's just not what we want to do. That's, you know, we have our own reasons and, um, you know, good on them, right? Like we should all have personal choice. So they're, they're going to be like leaving the, the company that they've been working for. 
And I, I was saying, hey, look, based upon your your tech, technical skills, the things that you've been good at in, in the world for so long, this is something you, you should strongly consider as an option um, as to how you could start creating an income stream that you get to control, that you get to call the shots and um, no shot required. Pun no intended. shots required. <laughs> so, I mean, that, they just like to me, I think there's opportunity for for this business to to be out there uh, an item that's sitting there blank is the uh, iron city cattle tell tell the listeners where we are on that because to be honest i'm listening to you well uh i'll go ahead and tell you we have decided to liquidate iron city cattle and it's because we we tried really hard um we that is a lot we did not try really hard well what, what i say is this i'll say this um our operator, the, the guy who's a partner with us, who helped us get this thing started, he and I sat down on the front end. We try to look at all the variables of how to build a business like this, where it would be somewhat passive. He still had to be involved, but he loves us. So more of a passion project for him. And unfortunately, the variables that we went into to build this in a profitable way just haven't shaken out. Like the things that you can't control. Like so, he, he, and, and again, I don't want to get too much down in the mud. Literally in the mud, this is a cow business <laughs> with people because it's very unlikely someone else is going to try to go out and restart a cow business. What is the number one lesson that you learned from this business that someone else could apply that has nothing to do with cows? Well, he, the thing that I was just trying to get to before you interrupted me um, well, is that the, the variables, to, like gas pedal, this thing a little bit for everybody. The, the variables that you cannot control. If you get into a business that is dependent on market valuation of your end product and it's two and three year cycles of having to wait for this, this cow to be born, to be, you know, fed a certain way, they have to weigh a certain thing at a certain time before it has a certain value in the marketplace. And then also the market is changing ever so quickly with government regulations and everything else. It just, and, and by the way, too much. Pun intended, we were betting on the come on this thing. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, like we literally were were thinking that our bull was going to be a major producer. And, and turns out he was not so much. And let's just say Anvil had his best days early on and he's shooting blanks at this point. Yep. Uh, well, it, so, but here's another thing I would say, again, there's there's a level of, OK, I'm never going to be able to apply that in my life. I'm listening to you exactly. guys talk about this. And thank you for wasting the last three minutes of my time talking about this. But here's the thing I would say I have learned in this lesson that you can't apply, that you can't apply to other things, is that I don't believe there was a proven model that did what we wanted it to do. The people that were in this business were not trying to do what we were doing. People in this business were running a major operation, a major business that had multi-faceted things. They had scale that allowed yep. for them to have some hiccups here and there. We were not running at that scale, and we were trying to do something unique. That's what we do. And we had no proven model, and our model failed. And that's fine. It failed. No, no, no big deal. Unlike transitioning to the next line item, which is our wake up in Birmingham business, 
the yes. business that we created after listening to four or five, six different people on our podcast talk about where this shared economy is going, what what the opportunity in 2019 when we were learning about this, the Airbnb business was like a $110 billion business. Now, just two years later, it's like $160, $170 billion business. Uh, the CEO of Airbnb saying, hey, we need a, a million more hosts. No, he didn't to- say a million. He said millions more with an well, S. Whatever. Okay. That's, that's Either a, that's way, a bigger this number thing, to, to meet the supply, right? Or to meet the demand, we need to decrease supply by over a million. Yes, millions. Yes. I, that is a model that we had already seen. So we weren't trying to reinvent Like we were trying to just make something up out of scratch like we were that's doing true. in the cattle business. And we're looking at the numbers and we, we have... Um, you know, we've taken this business to where not only do we have our units, but we actually have investors that have their own units and we're helping them manage those. Uh, We're looking at right now a kind of a franchise license model where this could be taken across the country and taking what we've learned and applying it to your city, having an operator run the business for you. Like if you're interested in that, by the way, go to info at wealthwhitewallstreet.com and send uh, STR put put in the subject line STR in a box info at what's about Wall Street put in, STR in a box there yeah. there's an opportunity that we're about to roll out on that I think it's going to be amazing um, we we've shared it with two people and we have two people wanting to do it so like I think that <laughs> that speaks for itself we're on to something but and just our part of that business we uh, you, you take out all the cleaning income and stuff like that we just get it down to the basic what we charge nightly rent. We brought in almost fifty-three thousand. Spent thirty-seven in expenses. Uh, we netted fifteen thousand of cash flow. Um, yes. And then I, I uh, you know, being one of those investors, my daughter being one of those investors, we we brought in additional fifteen hundred dollars in some units that we have. Um, and so, like that that model is working, bro. Like that is a cash machine. Somebody was asking me yesterday. What is the exit strategy to this? And I, you know, I'm just honest in saying this. What is the exit strategy to our short-term rental business? I don't know because I don't know when the right time is to unplug a cash machine. Like, right. When do you do that? Like, when do you feel good about unplugging the thing that's spitting out cash to you every single month? You can't do anything about it. And that's the way that our short-term rental business is. And because we've set it up right, we've followed a proven proven process, we've improved a proven process. I think this is one of the best things going for the right people. And I think you need to have a very specific investor DNA to run this business. And I think we've we, we've we've gotten that. We know what that looks like. And I think that's what gives us the ability to multiply this thing to a, a tremendous scale. That's right. And it's a good point. You did you did make the connection there that proven model versus just an idea, just a trailblazing kind of type of deal. It just there's way too much risk in that for us. So just follow a proven model makes a lot more sense. Um, so let's talk about really quickly crypto or Ethereum miners that we have. Um, those last month were very strong. We came in uh, between you and I and our our two. Uh, our, all, all the different computers we have is almost 15,000 net after expenses. 
Um, that's for management and, you know, power expenses. So that's a, that's a big increase from the month before. It's almost 38, 37% over last month. Well, and we get a lot of questions like Joey and Russ, are you guys housing these computers there at home? Like, you know, is is this how you guys are going to get around the energy crisis is that you're going to heat your house by the 150 degree heat being pumped off these things? And the answer is (laughs) no, like there's no way we would get these things anywhere near our house. You, You have to understand like there's, there's number, there's money and scale. Right. Like we can get much cheaper uh, electricity costs by partnering up with other groups. We have a group that we've partnered with that manages over 2000 units. And we're just like a small I think We've got 25 or 30 total out of this grouping. And and we've partnered into that. And I I know some of you guys are going to be like, well, how do I get involved in that? We we have built a passive income mastermind. We're going to be. Uh, sending out. If you're not already a part of our community, you need to be a part because we're going to really soon be sending out an opportunity for you to get involved in that passive income mastermind. So go join our community um, if you haven't already, and you'll be a part of that email sequence when it goes out. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas, and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Here's one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about Jay, as it relates to Ethereum. Um, I, I'm wondering, do we start looking at moving some of that cash, to, some of that uh, coin toward Bitcoin? Like this is the speculation of the show, right? Is do we believe Ethereum or Bitcoin is going to be the long term um, person out there? What, what's your thoughts? Which one do you think is going to rise to the top? Because Ethereum over the last has had a meteoric um you know rise and yeah. i wonder as as everything pulls back right the market's going to crash soon like and i'm not talking about the crypto market i'm talking about the real estate market the the stock market and that's not my speculation that's robert kiyosaki that's warren buffett sitting on a over a hundred and something billion dollars in cash right now like it, the the big money out there is betting on a crash right so right. if if that crash actually happens, which I feel like it will, then how will that hit the the crypto market, right? It'll, it'll bleed over because Wall Street has already started investing into the crypto market. So in, which one of those two are going to pull back at a faster price? Will it be Bitcoin or be Ethereum? I, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm not educating myself well enough in the crypto space. I should be spending more time listening to people that know a lot more. But uh, the way I, I kind of at least high level view this is Bitcoin is the, the currency that is the currency of the future, in my opinion. But whereas Ethereum has a utility function that everybody wants, the blockchain function of Ethereum is super valuable. And so I think you're going to end up with those two. And I think we should be kind of splitting some of that. Maybe I'm going heavier on Bitcoin and uh, and keeping some Ethereum as well. 
That's my thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at it over the last year, Ethereum was trading at like um, twelve, thirteen hundred last November, and now it's trading at forty-two, sixty-four coin. <laughs> I mean, it's a what is that three hundred something percent, right? Crazy. And then and then you go to Bitcoin over the last year. Uh, it was trading somewhere around twenty five thousand. It's trading right at sixty, right? So it's it's up like a hundred twenty five hundred fifty percent, whatever that is. That that was my, my that's the reason my question. You hadn't considered that, my bearded friend. But my <laughs> wonder is, we've ridden Ethereum really well with our mining and have held that. I wonder if it makes sense for us to consider moving some of the Bitcoin. Um, and and as it pulls back, maybe Ethereum is the one that falls back. I don't know. I mean, that's the part, the reason I hate dealing with crap like that, because I never know which one's going to do what. But um, nevertheless, let's let's quickly get down to the bottom of this. And then we have, a, a, this is going to be a short one today. We've, as always, we've underestimated our um, allotment of time. And we've got a group that's waiting on us here. Um, so we've got your short-term rental uh, RV sitting out there, Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie, uh, you know, this October was a little bit of a slower month. Now, just to clarify, last month I was off. I, I did not take into consideration the proper uh, revenue. I had a report wrong. So our net from last uh, September was 1658 For October, um, we brought in 1055 in revenue and the expenses 770 So only netted 285 16 uh, in the month of October. And partly that was, we had, uh, an empty week and one of the trips at the end of the month carries over into November. So what that would be is November will be a much bigger month to kind of offset. Um, okay. So I, 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 I'm going to like, here, here's the question and, and maybe you're not long enough in this, but I, I feel like I'm going to keep asking you every month because there's people okay. that listen to the show for the purpose to determine whether or not this is something they should consider. Do you feel like Cousin Eddie is a good thing for you? Like, if 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 you had to do it all over again, would you bought, have still bought the RV instead of renting it when you went on your long trip so that now you own it and you're forced to rent it? Do you still think it's a good idea? It's still it's still young, as you mentioned, but I'm my gut instinct is I still love having it. It gives me flexibility uh, for any trips that I want to take. And I'm already looking at some different places here that are close by that I want to take the girls to, uh, Chia Mountain. I want to take them up there. So doing something like this, I think, and it's also given me the opportunity to to allow friends and family to use it. I mean, you you just personally took it in November, and I think that that was really fun to have someone else that I know being able to use it. So, which um, by, by the way, I mean, I, I paid you, you offered it for free. I paid you. <laughs> and had you not owned it, I would have never rented it. I, I, you know, like it would have never been something I would have done. So I, I would see that. I, I'm wondering if this is like a forced savings plan. Like, you know, there's benefits to forced savings. We talked about that with IBC, right? When you're starting yeah. your, your whole life policies, there's, there's a win in just forcing yourself to save money. A lot of people yes. won't do it. In this situation, I heard you say there's some trips I'm planning. Is this a forced savings plan with your your family, meaning that you're going to take on some trips that you otherwise wouldn't have if you didn't own it? It's possible. I, I, you know me. I'm always kind of looking for the next thing to take the girls on and, you know, 
Jessica's not so much interested in probably taking the RV out anytime soon. Uh, but I mean, just I, I be, cannot, be with the girls, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, the, it's, it's a very unique experience. I think people are going to have one of two experiences. I love this. This was amazing. Or uh, I hate this. Please never again. <laughs> Where do you fall, Russ? Are we going to wait till November? No, I, yeah. We'll talk about my experience in November. Let's, <laughs> it, we also have another business that this is something we've been doing for the last 18 months. We've been building an information-based business that's uh, where we're sharing content. People are thankfully buying that content and, and gaining tremendous value out of it. We started a short-term rental course in the month of October. We also started a passive income mastermind that spun out of our uh, retreat that we did in Nashville. And all of that is it, created income, uh, gratefully, uh, more than what we've spent in time and money into the deal and if you add up all of the things here for the month of October, we've netted $67,566 in income streams that have nothing to do with our daily job. And I'm so grateful to see that number. Um, it's much higher than it was in the month of uh, September, but basically back to even where it was in July and August. So that's that's good, man. Well, and at the end of the day, our hope with this is that it inspires you to take action. Russ and I, uh, we've even shared today, we've had some losses. We've had some issues where this Iron City cattle is probably going to end up giving us about 10% of what we invested into it back. Now, that's not advisable. A lot of time, a lot of energy and no profit is not a good thing. But you need to hear when we've taken action in the wrong direction, right? So that you can learn from those mistakes and not pay retail for them. Um, however, you do hear the things that we are doing well and, and seeing success from. And we want to inspire you to do the same thing because it will give you freedom. It will provide the ability for if your business, your job that you're at right now says, hey, by the way, you have to do this and you don't want to do it, whether it's a shot or whatever it may be next. You now have the ability to say, I'm out. I don't want I don't have to be here. And that's the difference between passive income and no passive income. We want you to join us on that journey. If you haven't already, go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash passport and get really clear on what your vision of financial freedom is so that then you can take the next step and find out what sort of investor you are and then start blazing your own trail. That's what we're here to do is to support you in that process. So thanks as always for joining us for this October 2021 Passive Income Report. And uh, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you on the next one. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.